Hey everybody, hi, this is Marcia O'Connor. I am CEO and owner of the O'Connor Group. And today we have top three where entrepreneurs are sharing secrets and mistakes. And today's guest we have with us is Connor Dewey. Connor is not only a friend, but he and I were in the Brandon T. Adams video mastermind that we had just ended after 90 days. And uh, so he's going to probably go into a little detail about that, how he used that into his current business, but what he does and what he's learned and all too. So Connor, welcome to the show. Hey, oh, thanks for having me. Excited to be here as always and just good to see you and catch up. I miss seeing you every week. I know. Our, a little group on Monday nights was so much fun. We had a dynamic group. Um, for those of you who are interested in doing more video mastermind, I'd highly recommend Brandon T. Adams and going on there. He has this mo wonderful mastermind that's 90 days long. And I know his next class is actually happening in about a week. So uh, definitely check it out with him. Or if you need an introduction, just let us know. And Love I've to done do that. a handful of masterminds and groups and um, training programs that even just the oddball group that we had was so much fun. I mean, it was just a blast. Like we just all ended up, you know, from strangers to like tight knit family in, in 90 days. In 90 days. It was so much fun. And we learned so much about each other as well as about yeah. social media and about the wave of where we're going with video and why it's so important to incorporate that into your company. So we hope you're doing that as well. And we're here to help you with your company. So Connor, talk about really, you know, what your current company is and what you do. Yeah. So um, I have a couple businesses. One's a media company called B2B Mentors, where we do similar to what you do in this podcast and bring um, mentor and leadership to others, um, mentors and mentees in marketing, specifically B2B marketing. And my uh, dad and I are partnered up on our company called Active Blogs, which does blogs, newsletters, LinkedIn content for B2B companies. You know, and it's funny thing you mentioned about that. I think a lot of times when an entrepreneur starts, they don't realize the power behind having blogs and having that content information. What do you think that you work with so many entrepreneurs? What's like the, the, the hurdles that they have to overcome to understand the importance of having that really strong? Yeah, well, we work with entrepreneurs who have um, even large marketing departments and they have four, five, six people in the marketing teams, maybe one person marketing team or just themselves and really time. Um, nobody wants to be sitting there writing blog posts on their nights and weekends and also the expertise because there's all these different nuances to creating content, distributing it, getting the right information out there, being consistent with it actually creating a content calendar so you know like hey it's july what's going on in august and what's our plan for august in terms of distribution for our newsletter and what we're communicating and all that good stuff so it it really is um amazing the feedback we get because of time is probably the number one biggest pain for people in creating content and then what do you think after they find out someone like you, you know, and they're actually getting now work out of it, you know, what are some of the things that you have learned to say, hey, to these entrepreneurs out there, what would you do differently? Uh, in terms of creating content, what would you mm -hmm. do differently? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I mean, there's so many different things is um, people try to take on too much on their own or they get also overwhelmed and um, just kind of paralyzed by 
hey, this needs to be absolutely perfect before I get it out there. Mm-hmm. Whereas the way I look at it, frequency beats perfection. The more regular and consistent you consistently you can communicate, the more chances and more at-bats you have to hit the right message. But you never know until you start putting feelers out there, right? Like I'm sure you even noticed doing the video challenges, you're like probably surprised by some of the videos that really caught attention and garnered reaction versus some that maybe you put out and you're like, oh, this is going to blow up or, you know, people are probably really going to jump on this topic and maybe they do or they don't. But having enough at-bats is really important. So um, people make the mistake of trying to take it all on. They make the mistake of trying to hire a writer to get content done when you don't need a writer to get a, I mean, you need a writer to get a blog done, but you also need a great copy editor um, and a graphic designer, SEO strategist, people who understand marketing and the back end to really turn it into an active program, which is where our name came from, active blogs, right? You can have a passive blog where you're just getting content, or you can have an active blog that's actually garnering attention, awareness, and uh, relationships. Yeah. Um, it's always interesting to see all that because I think for a lot of times, I know for us, we were working with a, a, a blogger when we first got started. The hard part was just having them interpret what we were trying to say. Yep. And I think sometimes that can be the hardest thing. How do you overcome that? Well, we don't work in the, we don't work in a vacuum, like magical marketing gnomes. You know what I mean? Like most marketers um, just kind of guess we interview our clients, clients, We interview subject matter experts on their team. We do deep amount of research. We extract from webinars that they've done. We extract from trainings that they've done. And we use that to source 100% custom content. So we're never guessing on how our client communicates. In fact, um, I was just meeting with my team today and they were doing this fun Q&A with a client. Like, what if you had to travel to any time and live in, where would you go? And the client would just answer. And the reason my team does these exercises is because they're trying to understand the tone of the client and how they communicate. So I think there's a lot of bad practice out there. And that's where I, you know, we're kind of known as the content vendor of last resorts um, because that happens a lot. You hire an agency, they just don't capture your voice very well and um, takes a lot of work in order to do that. It does. And I think sometimes I think that's that's where you are very different than a lot of content developers and all, because they'll be like, we can do all that for you. But then uh, we were realizing sometimes we were rewriting some of the stuff that were put together because it didn't really it didn't really speak our language. Yeah. And uh, which makes it frustrating because you're you're paying that person, but then you're you're reviewing it and then doing that. So the fact that you make that so different which is really something really large to look for as an entrepreneur. You really want to make sure that that, that group that you hire, such as Connor's group, um, is the group that basically really understands that because it's taken a lot of time and effort to put that together. What do you think, like moving into the future and having your crystal ball, you know, where is content blogging going? Where do you see it? Ha- what's going on? Well, you know, it's not so much about just blogging, but what people really need to implement into their business is what we call the trifecta effect. So the Mm -hmm. trifecta is realizing that everybody educates differently. Everyone self-educates differently. I'm a younger millennial, but I'll read a whole book or a 1600 word blog post. I enjoy reading, but I also know baby boomers who prefer to consume video. And I know others in various different 
you know, phases of their life or how they learn better. They're more kinesthetic learners. Um, everyone consumes differently. So yeah. I foresee the future of blogging is, you know, blogging is really the consistency of putting content out is looking at how can we do this across all different channels from podcasts, also having a blog, having a newsletter, having animated videos, having something that's, you know, physical that people can engage with. I think companies are going to start adopting everything. And I think virtual reality is actually going to play a role in this too, um, in terms of engaging and putting content out, which, you know, it's kind of like way down the road, but I think it's coming. Um. I hope it's coming. I think it's definitely needed for sure. And then talk about, you know, you have another business too. Yeah. So active, or I'm sorry, um, B2B mentors. So I actually started a company four years ago called Mileheim Mentors was when I started podcasting and we had a studio, we had a media company, um, ran sponsors, promotion through that. It was all niche to Colorado. Mm -hmm. And I decided, you know, I really want to expand this out to more subject matter experts in the area that I'm um, passionate about, which is this weird, complex world of high dollar B2B sales, long sales cycles, account-based marketing, very complicated to get the attention of people and hold the attention of your buying committee. So um, B2B Mentors is really a community for marketing agency vendors, partners, CMOs, marketing directors that kind of have a place to interact, share insights, swap information. And um, it's a blast. We're actually just ramping that up within the last couple months. Wow. And then when you say ramping it up, so tell me more about that. So I transitioned, I sold off um, Mile High Mentors to my business partner who I started that with. And then Mile High, or I'm sorry, B2B, B2B Mentors were just starting to build that community platform for it. So it's slowly evolving into an own, like into a separate business of its own. Wow. Good for you. And so what's next on the horizon? You're not done yet. I know. No, I, well, I mean, in turn, I love real estate, do real estate deals, um, you know, look at real estate deals and um, want to do some major real estate stuff in the future. Um, similar to Brandon, interested in advising companies and just, wherever kind of interests take me. Like I started my first business at the age of seven. So I've, you know, even though I'm young, you guys are just asking me how old I'm turning here coming up soon and um, surprisingly young to a lot of people. But um, I started early, right? Started in business early at the age of seven. I sold rocks. That was my first business. So in terms of the future, I mean, there's so we live in like the best time ever. There's so many different business avenues, profit centers, um, part-time passive income that you can tap into out there. So I just like experimenting, tasting, seeing what's available, learning industries. You know, I learn something from every single industry I interact with. Oh, the learning is one of the best things about being an entrepreneur. Because if you're no avid learner, don't be an entrepreneur. You know, because you definitely want to do that. What are the top three things though? Because you had it when you were seven. What are the top three attributes that you know a person needs to have in order to be an entrepreneur? I would say the personally the biggest things that have been um, effective in my life. So I would say your insides reflect your outside. 
that's that's my first tip. And what I mean by that is not like if you're a good person inwardly, you're going to be a good person outwardly. What I actually mean by that is through the um, my teenage years, um, I'm going to go on a bit of a roundabout story here, if that's okay. Guys, mm-hmm. I have ADD, so bear with me. I promise the circle will go around. I um, attempted suicide at the age of 18 because of health issues that I was having and um, went through many, many years of depression, anxiety. And in those stages, it was almost impossible to get out of bed some days. And I come to find out the biggest issues that I was having from depression, anxiety, um, suicidal tendencies was my health. And your gut, your insides are basically the precursor to how your brain is going to operate. And I know people talk about, you know, be healthy and you'll be successful in business, but I'm talking at even a more root level than that. If you are not in sync with your nutrients and how you're eating and your exercise, it can make or break your success. So no matter if you're in marketing or an intrapreneur or an entrepreneur, as intrapreneur as, you know, someone who's kind of an intrapreneur, entrepreneur within a business, um, very similar kind of genetic makeup, your insides make your outsides. So that's probably my number one tip is really look at the root of your health, get testing on what, where you're nutrient deficient, if you can, and focus on that for 30 days and watch your life change um, significantly. It may take longer than that, but if you have any health issues, then that's my biggest tip. I mean, that's the number one most important thing in life and in business. Number two, childlike curiosity. I think we have gotten so far down the line that we forgot what it's like to think like a child. And when I approach situations, even if I think I know the answer, or let's say I'm looking at sourcing a service from somebody who's in marketing or lead generation, or you name it, I always approach things with childlike curiosity and never assume I know the answer to anything. And Mm -hmm. that has opened a huge world of learning for me and opportunity for me. Um, I've had incredible mentorship opportunities, business relationship opportunities, so much just by simply and genuinely being curious and working to hone my curiosity. And number three? Number three, perfection paralysis. Consistent, imperfect action is much better than standing there, not doing anything, not taking action, not creating that piece of content that you're going to put out, mm-hmm. not starting that new business plan. Um, nothing I've ever done in my life has been perfect, even up to Elon Musk when he started electric vehicles. They were not perfect in the beginning. They had a number of recalls. They had issues, um, but they were able to create closer to perfection by not allowing perfection paralysis to hold them back. So I think that hurts a lot of entrepreneurs, stops a lot of entrepreneurs. It's very simple, but the tiny 0.01% step or improvement that you can make every single day compounds significantly over the years. Mm I think it's funny. You can get that perfectionist paralysis. It could either hurt you or it could help you. 
And you have to be very cautious of it and all too, because I think when you start your own business, you think that nobody else can do as well as you. And you have to let that go and trust your team. But it's hard. It's still hard as my team in the background is probably laughing um, because I do it all the time. Um, but it's just it's it's the hard part about it. Let's go back to the, the health part. Um, and I want to bring that up because obviously, you know, we're an outsourced HR consulting company. Mm-hmm. One of the top three things that we get asked to talk about a lot is about health and wellness in the um, in the corporate environment and how more than ever has become widely known about mental illness and about certain things to look for and to trigger. And I don't think a lot of people recognize them because i don't know about you obviously we're a lot different in age um like half um but ironically enough when i was younger we didn't talk about mental illness we just said the person's not feeling well that person acts out we didn't have adhd we, it was just like yeah he's a little off his rocker today you just <laughs> accept it so but i think it's becoming much more of a concern especially with people going back to work it's becoming much more prevalent more than ever and um and as an entrepreneur you had to deal with all that what are some of the tools and tips that you came up with or surrounded yourself with to really help you with that? I for, I couldn't imagine going through this last year of the stress and strain and fear of everything if mm-hmm. I wasn't in the position I'm in today. If I were to be where I was back in my you know later teenage years mm-hmm. and my early 20s um, was a very dangerous place to be. And I know many are in there. So I think what you first mentioned is the important piece is you got to talk about it. Like you can't hold that in, whether you're afraid and you're a guy and you're worried about masculinity, or there's another scenario where you're just like fearful of talking about it. That's probably the first thing that was the smartest step that I took was sharing, Hey, I'm struggling. Like it's bad it's really bad and things are not going good. And, um, you know, what can I do? So I would say first actually having conversations with as many people as you can. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I think, um, you'll be so surprised how many people care about you are willing to support you and also offer up recommendations and support. Um, I think also the the weird thing is, you know, I was, my mom is, my, my parents are split. So my mom is very traditional medicine, or I'm sorry, my mom is very modern medicine. Like anytime I got sick, she threw me on antibiotics when I was a kid. It's like, here, go to the, you know, take me to the doctor. Anytime I had a light fever, my dad is the total opposite, mm. total naturopath. So when I was going through this, Um, I was almost put on all the standard drugs and stacks and stacks of medicine that they wanted to put me on. Mm -hmm. And it would have been a convenient band-aid to how things were going then. Mm -hmm. Um, This is a very kind of controversial topic, but um, I decided to go the natural route. And although it was more difficult and longer to turn things around, at the age of 28 right now, for years now, I've been sustainably resolved of the major, major health issues I was having years prior. Um, And mental health is a piece of that. So your physical health is a direct correlation with your mental health. Your gut is your second brain. So if, if most people don't start there, they start, try to start with meditation or try to start with exercise. 
And that's tough too, because people are like, just exercise and you'll feel better. But I think nutri the way you're eating is actually the number one thing that I would look at in terms of recommendation if you're trying to turn around your mental health. You know, I see a, um, a huge increase in that in um, people your age. Like, like my son is really Mr. Healthy Conscious Individual and he counts his sugars every day. He counts his carbs every day, he counts all that stuff as well as his protein. I've never seen more of an increase of people that are actually doing that because people my age, you know, I can tell you they're not. They weren't even brought mm -hmm. up on that, had that concept behind it. And if you, I know we do, I do EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, mm -hmm. and they always say that you have to have the family in check, basically your company in check and your body in check. 100%. And if you have all three, it's going to work magic. Everything just works itself. But if one of those things out of whack, it affects everything else. And it's fairly interesting how more and more people are looking into it, but how it's not taught really in schools, how it's not taught and even in college, you sort of have to pick it up on your own and do your own research behind it. And then, as you mentioned, there's going to be that, conf you know, confrontational side because everybody thinks, oh, there's a pill for that. And, you know, I'm like, you know, I'm more of the natural person. So I prefer to say, okay, do I eat more garlic? Do I have more vinegar? Do I have that? Um, but it's funny because people think like you're a quack. So um, it's interesting to see the differences. But as an entrepreneur, I can say you've got to have all three in balance for it to really work well for you. Um, otherwise, something's going to keep up the other one. And it's the, once you have that off-balance skelter, everything goes out of whack. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, but, it affects. It just snowballs. It just snowballs significantly on itself. And I'd rather be a quack and at least try something, um, at least try something, than continue to suffer in any area, whether it is like, there's days um, where I was like, I can barely stand out, stand up because I'm so dizzy. Turns out I had celiac disease was, wow. was a was a big issue for me. So that cause is huge, um, you know, major can cause major mental and physical issues. Yeah, um, it, you can die. I mean, if you're not careful and monitoring it close enough, I was almost diabetic um, at the age of like 18 from celiacs and autoimmunes. So how did you know, like, what were the symptoms that you were having going through all this? Just terrible anxiety. Um, I could eat something and literally hallucinate, um, like have hallucinations from it. And um, it was almost like it almost were like seems like the precursors to schizophrenia, which is yeah. terrifying to, to be going through that. And also when you're having extreme anxiety and depression, you do feel like you're going crazy and you can feel like that. So, um, that, you know, gut issues, bowel issues, like could barely eat anything really without getting sick or mm. overly bloated or just, you know, I'd be put down for weeks at a time after I'd eat like a pizza. Cause I just didn't know. Right. Um, so I did, I did that. I went to a natural doctor. They tested my nutrient deficiencies and I supplemented those plus did the mindfulness stuff. Med meditated more, um, you know, did red light therapy, uh, started getting much more back into exercise, which I had been a part of my life over the years. But the food part was the biggest thing. I think we very much underestimate how much sugar, fa um, fat's actually good for you, the right kind of fat, sugar, um, you know, dairy, uh, bad proteins, too many carbs, all that very much affects your mental health. Oh, absolutely. Um, there's a great um, show. 
I think it's on Netflix and it's basically about the gut and, mm. uh, and it got basically telling you how much it affects your brain. And I don't think a lot of people think you're nuts when you do all that. But then I try, yeah. I've learned now to ask people questions like, yeah, uh, you know, last year we were talking, you weren't like this. What's wrong? What's going on? And you have to figure out there's, I mean, right away, everybody's so accusatory anymore. I'm like, there's two sides to every story. Let's find out what really happened and see whether or not something's going on in their lives. They're just not opening up about, and you got to be more cautious, especially with your employees now more than ever. Yeah. You really have to hear the story because you're going to hear it one way. And what happens is people get very embarrassed to talk about it. And there's usually a lot more going on. And sometimes it's their diet. It's really fascinating, but then you're like, you've changed so much because of this. And, um, and they don't even realize it's happening. So People don't even realize it until they start cleaning up their diet, how good they can actually feel. Like yeah. now, if I have too much sugar the day before, the next day I'm cranky, like I'm moody, my mood swings. And I'm like, what the hell's wrong with me? And I realized right. I had a bunch of sugar yesterday because I was on my cheat day and just messing around. Um, so I think having more thoughtfulness to that people don't see it as big as it actually is. Yeah. Um, and I think people really need to start taking it much, much more seriously, whether mm -hmm. or not you have, um, food sensitivities or food illnesses, yeah. e even if that's the case, you can still really mess up your psychology with feeding you, you are what you eat, right? So yeah. feeding yourself the wrong stuff. Yeah. Oh, I, I totally agree with you on that. And so talking about that with entrepreneurs and all, I imagine, so I know a lot of entrepreneurs and, you know, a lot of them have anxiety. A lot of them have um, ADHD. A lot of them have, they just can't stop. And I, I was with another one over the weekend and he's like, I just don't sleep well. He's like, why? I said, I can't turn it off. And I know that's a big, big, big problem for a lot of my entrepreneurs, friends and all too. So mm -hmm. it's been, it's really interesting because we have so many ideas. We want to do this. We want to do that. It's really hard where you have other people that, you know, one idea a week is all they can do. And then you have us who, who just keep going, going, going kind of a deal. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, I'm surprised you're not doing a business in regards to like, you know, uh, seltzers and, you know, and just more drinks. Like you know, I know anyway. it's. It's so funny. I'm like my, I always told myself the one, cause I've been in the restaurant business when I was younger, I've worked as server. I'm like, I'll never get into the food industry. It is far too complicated, but I have mad respect for it. And, yeah. um, I think it's, I think it's good that I'm not tied to that industry because people can see me, follow me, see what I'm doing and see my success. Yeah. And then on the back end in platforms like this, I can be sharing, Hey, it's not because I'm doing this so much differently, but I have an advantage because I'm prioritizing what I eat. Like last night, what I ate, it was 100% grass fed versus junk farm factory meat. Um, and how did I treat myself this morning? And I fasted for 18 hours today and that gave me a huge boost of energy through today. It's amazing and it sounds crazy, but I think when you start really pulling that all apart and taking the time on it and reading about it, I think it helps yeah. a lot. What's, what, what is you, next? Go ahead. Go ahead. What do you, what do you, what's kind of your big practice on the health? I'm curious to hear from you. What's your big health practice that you maintain pretty consistently in terms um, of like even eating or nutrients or supplements or anything like that? Um, I don't, well, my only supplement that I have right now is like a, a cod liver oil. <laughs> 
Um, mm. And I take that in a tab because it's yucky. And it's like a lemon flavored. Um, you know, it's 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 like this big. It's one of those big horse pills. But I take that daily. And that actually helps with vitamin E for your immunity as well. Um, but the nicest compliment that I get from people is the fact that I don't have any wrinkles. And, um, and I really do attribute that. I feel like if you oil the engine inside, the, the engine on the, thank you, Gagan, um, but the engine on the outside comes through. And so I do take that every day. I also do a lot of um, my dad stuff. My dad always said, eat fresh vegetables, eat fresh food, fresh, you know, I do all of that as well as a lot of garlic and a lot of onions mm. for the gut. The gut loves onions if you can stand them. And um, I do a lot of that. So everything is always cut up and fresh in my house. And uh, I'm not a frozen food person. And um, so I, I spend a lot of time at dinner, but to me it's worth it. I am a Blue Apron fan. And um, and to be honest, it's the greatest thing ever because I don't have to think about what I'm making for dinner because I already thought about it four weeks ago when I put my order in. And I come home and I'm like, tonight's is this meal. We're mm. going to eat this meal and everything's cut up and fresh. And, and you know, Blue Apron is great because they do the same thing. It's all grass fed. You know, it's all it's um, it's not farm. It's fresh. It's wild um, fish and all, too. So that means a lot to me. And so I'll, I'll and actually it's cheaper for me to do it that way than it is for me to go to the store. So in the long run, I do all of that. And, um, you know, I just try to eat a, pretty healthy, you know, with those kind of things and not too much. It's rare for me to have a cheesesteak. It's rare for me to have a hot dog, anything like that. But I do like bacon. I tell you that I do like bacon. Um, yeah. And, and, and you can get good high quality you know, bacon yeah. without sugar in it, all that yeah. good stuff. Yeah. But and that's I, all. I mean, yeah. a, an entrepreneur as busy as you, who's prioritizing your, um, your meals at the end of the day, like you prioritize dinner. I make time for dinner. Um, mm -hmm. I don't rush through, like if I'm um, busy, I cut it off and I spend the time to make a good nutrient dense, you know, dinner. Um, you have to. It's really important because if you constantly have the fast food alone, it's going to break. It's going to wear you down. And you're yeah. right. You are what you eat kind of a deal. And we could talk about this forever. And I think there should be a whole concept on this because it's it's, it's really, really important that you do that. And like tonight I have an event to go to. So I'm making bruschetta and I'm going to make it. Because number one, it's healthier for you too. It's got that balsamic vinegar. It's got the fresh garlic. It's mm. got the fresh Jersey tomatoes. You know, you have all these nutrients great to it. And once you realize all these things in there, and like I'm also anal too. If I'm like worn down, like I'll take a, a bath with Epsom salt. I'll get yeah. that magnesium back in my body. And people look at you like, you're doing what? And I'm like, listen, magnesium is really good for the muscles. You got to know your skin and your body and your vitamins and, and how it all works. And that's pretty cool, you know, but. Magnesium's great. In fact, magnesium, 70%, I just saw a study the other day, 70% of um, people, I think it was US, are deficient in magnesium, which is like major precursor to either estrogen or testosterone, which if you're a man, lack of testosterone causes the most amount of issues for your health. If you're a woman, estrogen, lack of estrogen and not having a balance there, same thing. You're, you're, hormones are precursors to so much that functions in your body. Um, so I love, I use a liquid mineral, um, magnesium supplement. If anyone's listening and interested, um, those of you that are listening and interested that want to ask me what stack I use, feel free to give me a holler. Cause I have some great recommendations that I do lots. I spend lots and lots of time researching supplements and minerals. In fact, this is my new favorite right here. Oh, I Organs. love it. Grass-fed beef organs? No way. The spleen. Let's see. We got 
liver, heart, kidney, pancreas, spleen, um, which our ancestors, that was the first thing people go to after an, an animal kill, which is how we lived. Wow. Um, because that is where the most nutrients are. Almost everything you eat nowadays is so mineral deficient and we don't get enough minerals, which again is huge for our health. So love that one guys, mofo ancestral supplements. Oh, I love it. Oh my yep. God. It's, and it's fa fascinating when you start talking about all this stuff and all, because, um, I, again, I think if you're, if you're for your body and, and older you get, you have to be okay and learn all this stuff. And you just got to start reading and uh, and it's all out there. Just take the time to read it. So I think it's important, especially if an entrepreneur, because we're just going a mile, a mile a minute and you, and you have to be doing it because if not, you're going to, you're going to drop and, and you, and you can't do that. So it's really important. Um, yeah. What is, what is your advice for an entrepreneur getting started? And, you know, they're out there figuring out like, what, like, what's my priority? What's that priority list look like? What, I mean, I obviously you mentioned about health and I definitely think that's a key part of it. But in regards to focusing on their business, like the first thing to start with and, you know, and getting it really off the ground, what do you think some of those tips are? Um, well, number one, even before you have a website and landing page and um, sometimes even before you have a product, sales uh, is the number one thing, right? We, we, we talked about this too with, was it Hoffman or was it... Um, was it Kevin Harrington we talked to about this? Sales is, you don't need funding. You don't yeah. need to go get funding for your business. Here's something interesting too. I'll use Elon Musk as another example. He sold a billion dollars of cyber truck and hasn't manufactured a single cyber truck yet. Anybody can do this. You can sell and pre-sell and basically self-fund your company with sales. So if there's one thing you could learn that's more important than anything is number one, reaching enough of the right people so that you can build those connections to stay in front of so you can eventually turn those into sales. If you're following my three tips that I shared earlier, those are the obvious ones that I would touch on. But in addition to that, get yourself around mentors, get yourself in a community um, that can support you. Entrepreneurship is lonely as shit. So if you can find somebody, um, whether it's an individual or a group who's five years ahead of you, 10 years ahead of you, 15 years ahead of where you want to be. Get those people, find a way to add value. It's okay to pay for relationships, right? Go get a credit card and go put it on your credit card. It's going to be worth it. Um, but focus on sales and get people who can hold you accountable. Yeah, it's funny. You know, um, I think accountability is key. You got to have that tribe around you so that you actually have, you know, like I'm going to say I'm going to do this and you do it because if not, that list can go on and on and on forever. And I, I totally agree with you, the accountability piece of it. But Look at us I, even being competitive and in mastermind group together. Like, yeah, we, we have the fun competition stuff going on. But um, what was really happening there is we we're keeping each other accountable to obtain that goal for the week. Oh, yeah. And I also it was funny because um I think it was it was always like, oh, I'm making this night tonight. Let's go. I think I won. And uh, you get really excited. But you got to be around that tribe of people that are going to make you go that extra mile. I'm starting to see it now sometimes, you know, um, with people that are younger people. And I'll see their friends around them. And I'm like, hmm. They're not challenging you. You you have more. You need to be around people who are going to challenge you more because you're 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 settling. Like do more. 
and you're going to find out you're more excited to be around those people because they really are like you. You just haven't found that tribe yet. And so like, don't, don't hold back and have those people in your life, but be the rounds ones around that you're going to really motivate you. And yeah. You, up, you know, and don't settle. And well, and celebrate just to add on to that, celebrate your success, be around people who celebrate your success because in the beginning, your family, friends, those who aren't entrepreneurs, if, if we're talking to those who are like just getting started or just starting out. And again, this is even established entrepreneurs. First people are going to doubt you. Then they're going to hate on you. Then they're going to start to pay a little bit of attention. Then they start to love and appreciate you. But those things come down the road after the most difficult stages of that awareness of what you're doing, right? Hey mom, I'm going to go start this business. Um, you know, maybe your mom's supportive, but somebody else in your family guarantee at least one person is going to be a doubting voice. Someone in your life is going to be a doubting voice, a negative voice, get around people who can celebrate and encourage celebrating success. Yeah. It's interesting that doubting voice, because you're, you're right. I always found it with, um, no offense to anybody. It's just nobody in my family and both sides of the family were entrepreneurs, uh, yep. my husband's or mine. And so they didn't understand it. They didn't grasp it. They were always saying, well, how long are you going to do that? And you're like, uh, till I retire. And, um, and I was like, oh, that's nice, sweetie. Like, that's nice. And, and, and you just was like, okay, I need to stay away from you. And even, and even now, like when we talk at family dinners, no one ever asks about the business because they don't know enough. I mean, funny story is I actually went to dinner with, um, my, my husband's side of the family and I was in business already for 10 years and I was showing them pictures of our town hall. Of, we were all dressed up because we had a hoedown. So we were all dressed up in like cowboy clothes and stuff like that. And he's like, oh, it's a really cool picture. Who are these people of? I'm like, they're my employees. And they're like, <laughs> oh, I thought it was just you. I'm like, I've been doing this for 10 years. And I sat there like, really? You asked that question? And he's like, I didn't think I had, had employees. And I was like, where have you been at the dinner table? And um, it, it's funny because they, they can't process it because they've never done right. it. You know, so you got to be around people like that's why I belong to entrepreneurs organization. It's a it's an international group of CEOs who think like us and talk like us and walk like us. Um, but it's really important that you have that that group of people around you, even a mastermind like we're all entrepreneurs in there. It was so encouraging to talk to other people. And I felt like it was almost like like a relief group. You know what I mean? It was like more like counseling to each other because we understood each other. Yeah. Um, and we were just trying to help each other to become more successful. So that was really cool too. You I, have I to. It's. A, yeah. I mean, we were talking about diet earlier. If you're thinking of your diet of your business life, that's an absolute necessary vitamin that you have to have in your life. Oh, absolutely. So Connor, I know you read a lot or you're probably listening to Audible. What are the top three books that you're either reading or listening to? Oh, that one's so tough because I love so many books. Um, I would say my absolute favorite read recently is called The Persuasion Code, The Neuroscience of How to Persuade Anybody Anywhere at Any Time. It's mm -hmm. the only book officially out there that combines true neuroscience and marketing, uh, uh, actionable marketing information. So um, I actually reached out to the author um, who I'm a big fan of, and we're going to do a webinar together um, and put on a neuro marketing webinar because I'm so passionate about his materials. I think he absolutely knocked it out of the park. I've read books on neuroscience. I've read hundreds of books on marketing, and this is a great bridge between the two, um, which I think most people don't consider. So 
definitely check out that one persuasion code i would say man in terms of just recent books i'm i'm also reading exit rich right now sharon lecter's new book which is great um but i would say in terms of one of my absolute favorite books i've also read over the years is bold by peter diamandis and stephen kotler 10 out of 10 recommend that book um it's interesting um it's interesting, neuroscience, you mentioned that. Have you seen like TED Talks have some really good TED Talks about neuroscience as well? They're really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. They're pretty interesting. They're great. Yeah. One of the things that I didn't realize before is actually uh, looking at sunsets and sunrises and the, the, the actual light that gets emitted from sunrises and sunsets is one of the best things. It's almost like brain food for your brain, which huh. is why it's so soothing to look at them. And, uh, and so that's why we get so attached to looking at sunrises and sunsets. It's actually helping our brain even become healthier. Fascinating study. Um, definitely have to look into that one day. But it's and it, it, Well, it's such a big, big category, the world of neuroscience, which makes yep. it very intimidating. In the world that I live in that I'm super nerdy about, which is, you know, B2B sales and marketing, mm -hmm. what I'm applying this is in terms of more like if somebody sees this article, what's going to actually get them to engage with it based on science, not on hypothetical data or surveys, because they're almost always skewed or incorrect. Right. So I love how they've applied that from your website messaging using the U-term versus most companies on the website say, we do blah, 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 and help companies with blah, blah, blah. People don't buy on that. They buy on their prim primal brain, which is 500 million years old, your analytical brain, even if you're talking to the smartest, most technical customer, they don't interact and immediately consume information with their analytical brain, which is only three to four million years old. So um, we need to understand more as marketers, as salespeople, how people actually, when they see you, when they mm -hmm. when you're selling on Zoom, having your hands and your palms open like this is actually really, really important because if you have your hands down here, then the primal brain is going to say that person has a weapon, they're going to kill me. And that's mm -hmm. all they focus on uh, without even realizing it. they don't even know they're doing at a subconscious level. Just like your presentations, the way you hold your hands, actually, it's, it's opening versus closing. And, um, and people don't realize that it's all the fun things. I tell you, it's it's so much fun to be an entrepreneur because you're learning all this stuff all the time. Right? Connor, if, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you and ask you a variety of questions, either how to get started, contact management, blogging, your mentors program, or even about supplements, how would they get a hold of you? Just bug Marsha. She'll she'll <laughs> fill me in on the met. No, um, I'm on every platform. You could just Google me, Connor Doobie, and you'll find me. Um, LinkedIn is what I use the most. So it's C-O-N-N-O-R and D-U-B-E, Connor Doobie. Uh, anywhere you like to hang out, probably they're putting out content. Awesome. I appreciate that. And then what is your favorite app on your phone right now? Favorite app on my phone is the Airplane Mode app. Oh, Oh, it's okay. not an app, but I guess a feature on my phone. Feature. Mm -hmm. Just shut everything off. So I'd yeah. say airplane mode. It's not an app, but it's my current favorite feature. If I'm talking app, LinkedIn's always my go-to. Oh my God, it's so funny. My team would tell you, my I would love to see their private chat right now, what they're going to say about my favorite app is right now. I bet you Megan would know it, um, or Ashley might know it too, but 
Um, it's definitely the Weather Channel. So the Weather, weather Channel? Come oh, on, yeah. really? Um, oh, I'm a weather geek. Yes, I'm a weather geek. Yeah, I am. That's um, funny. Yeah, funny. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. My um, stepdad is obsessed with monitoring the weather. You can ask him anything. I. It's weird because I cycle through stuff. Like I was hooked on the chess app for like a couple months, yeah. playing chess nonstop. Now it's like. There's nothing I'm really using that much besides just a post on, you know, social media in general. I am such a weather app. It's pretty scary. As a matter of fact, my team will be like, what is it going to snow tomorrow, Marsh? I'm like, yes, yes, it is two <laughs> o'clock. And, uh, and so it's, it's, it gets pretty, pretty, pretty funny stuff on L2. Would you be a storm chaser in another life? Oh, absolutely. That would be the best. Oh my God. I would love it actually. So mm -hmm. that's so fun. I've only met one other person like that and that's my stepdad and really? he's, he watches the weather channel and like storm chasers and tornado watchers and, um, all kinds of crazy stuff on like just weather. So oh, it's funny. Love it. So love is it, your favorite it. movie day after tomorrow then? Oh uh, no. One of my favorites is Twister. <laughs> Classic. Yeah, Absolute it was classic. pretty cool. Um, but I have a lot of favorites in there too. But it was just, you know, I just love that learning about all that kind of stuff and how it all works. So, uh, see, Ashley's like, I knew you'd say that. <laughs> I love it. So, all right. Well, that's a wrap for today. Um, yeah, no, Connor, I can't uh, thank you enough for today. A lot of great tips, a lot of great ideas. I give you credit. You're such a young stud entrepreneur out there. I can't wait to see what happens even in the next 10 years. Uh, Going to be a lot of great stuff happening from Connor Doobie out there. Um, everybody, this is Marcia O'Connor from the O'Connor Group. Today is Top 3, where entrepreneurs are sharing secrets and their mistakes. Thanks for joining us today, and we'll be in touch soon. Take care.